You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. You are logged on to Wrestling Inc. across all the platforms to see and hear us do the thing. I am Justin Labar here in Pittsburgh, PA. Down south in beautiful Puerto Rico is the beautiful Issa Demon Diva. And up north in Canada, in Toronto, it is former sports entertainment referee for more than 20 years. Jimmy, don't call him Corduroy Corderas. Boys and girls, how are we doing tonight? Ladies first, Issa, how are you? And uh, I mean, I'm I'm doing great. I think they hire an AI tonight's episode of Dynamo, but I'm sure we'll get into it. Not a big fan of tonight's Dynamo. All right, a little tease no, there. Jimmy, how are you tonight? Oh well, uh, stole a little bit of my thunder. I, I, I was entertained for the most part, but at the same time, there were just things that just. Well, like you said, we'll get into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there's uh, some ups and downs with tonight's dynamite. I, I, I can, I, and everything kind of is a, is a but yeah, or how about this? I, I thought tonight's dynamite, just as an overall, um, didn't feel quite as much oh, like Jimmy's, not quite as much uh, of the of the twenty pounds of the ten pound bag, but also maybe the bag was a little empty at times. Uh, so I don't know. Mm. We'll, we'll 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 definitely get into it. A uh, big thanks to everybody who's filing in. On the live chat, if you're part of that, watching us here live Wednesday night. If you're listening to us or watching us after the fact in the archive, uh, in your podcast feed, wherever you get your podcast, we also appreciate you. Thank you very much. And again, as always, please make sure you tweet any and all of us. Let us know where in the world you are listening, what you're doing, what you like about it. 
Uh, we really appreciate it. And of course, uh, leave any kind of review and uh, five stars and positive reviews if you could. It certainly helps us climb the charts. So uh, going into tonight's Dynamite, we, of course, are well, this is the go-home show for uh, one of their premium Dynamites, which is next week, the Grand Slam, when they go back to Arthur Ashe Stadium. This was a big hit last year, and they did it, of course, this time last year. Uh, CM Punk, Adam Cole, Brian Danielson, a flurry of um, debuts coming over. So it was a hot time in the in the company. And boy, what a difference a year makes. Year over year, numbers are a little bit down and certainly – um, you know, Adam Cole injured for right now, CM Punk injured and we believe suspended for now. Others like the Bucks, of course, we've talked about and Kenny Omega not on screen because of uh, all the fallout uh, in real life after all out. So uh, just a very interesting time for Dynamite. So I was really going into this, guys, watching this episode, trying to see, OK, what is the final card for Arthur Ashe Grand Slam and just what's the pace? What's the messaging? And again, I, I, I'll, I'll kind of toss to you guys, but kind of overall, and then we'll dive into segment by segment, I felt wasn't as, again, hectic and chaotic pace to the point of we're only going to focus on putting things and guys out there that are really going to set up for next Wednesday. Yeah. But then at the same time, uh, there was just some real kind of you know, as high as the roller coaster got with maybe the start and end of the show. It, when it got low, it got low. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, no, I agree. It was too much of a contrast. And then, and I, I hate to make this reference, especially up here in Toronto. It's kind of been like our weather. Like one day we'll get hot, very sticky, very humid weather. And then the next day it's chilly. You got to wear a jacket, that kind of thing. And that's how it felt tonight on Dynamite. There's like moments where I went, oh, that was cool. And then all of a sudden it was like, why did they go there with that? You know what I mean? It just, it was all over the map for lack of a better term. Issa, I know you're doing a live uh, watch along, so you already kind of got like uh, your rehearsal out of the way. You got your comments, you got your bullets loaded in the chamber. Go ahead. Yeah, it wasn't. I I didn't have fun. Yeah, I was entertained. I guess you could say. Uh, I am never going to be a fan of champions getting pinned on television, and that was a big theme tonight. Um, a lot of things didn't make sense. And as somebody that attended Arthur Ashe live, not only that, I went to All Out last year and then they did one of the shows in between. I don't know if it was the go home, but it was at Newark. So I was able to attend that. And I just remembered the hype going into Grand Slam. It was huge. Grand Slam felt as special as All Out did last year. And attending it live and the the magic that they created in the arena when they opened that show with Kenny Omega against Brian. That's just something that probably cannot be duplicated again. (laughs) Maybe if you do these two guys, but we already seen it. So maybe my expectations for Grand Slam are very high, but just being there and experiencing it live, it just doesn't feel anything like it. And I felt that way going into All Out 2, where I didn't feel it felt as special and as hyped as it did last year. So yes, a year does make a big difference on how you feel going into these events. And I mean, I don't know if the backstage drama, all of the injuries, I felt like let's cut him a break for all out because you didn't know who was able to come back when, but now we got to cut a break for Tony Khan for Grand Slam because of all the drama that happened backstage. Like they need to get it together (laughs) because they're not able to book shows with everything that's going on. That's what I was gonna say. We, you, you know, depending on how lenient you want to be, you have to kind of you, maybe you feel sympathy for Tony Khan that like he in one fell swoop had to take four of his biggest talents, one of them is newly crowned champion, off TV, and I'm sure had to just blow up a lot of Arthur Ashe's, uh, you know, planned card. Yeah, it's like like uh, oh, there's a yeah. I was just gonna say Corey, Corey Pride saying the show sucked, but good stuff set up for next week. 
Yeah, exactly. It seemed like that was the focus. And and if that was the focus of the show, they got their message across. There's a lot of good stuff set up for, for not only next week, but they, they're trying to set up uh, some uh, excitement for Friday's Rampage. I, I know for those interested in such things, the numbers for Rampage ratings-wise haven't been that great. Uh, they'd like to see that improve. And I guess that's what their attempt is to get the people on Wednesday night to tune in. Yeah, of course, if you, uh, again, if you want to make sure you get on to the show here, into the mix and conversation, hit that dollar sign, put that money in there, do the super mm-hmm. chat thing for Wrestling Inc. Um, and that'll for sure get you to the front of the line. Uh, so big thanks to Corey Pride for starting us off there. All right, let's go ahead and jump into Dynamite Company from Albany, New York. And we kick it off with the first of two semifinal matches tonight in the Grand Slam tournament. The winner of each of these matches, of course, goes on to fight for this vacated uh, title, not, not even an interim title. It is the vacated world title as, as, as CM Punk was stripped of that title by Tony Khan, uh, as he said that last week. So um, big deal here to start. John Moxley up against Sammy Guevara. Uh, Sammy Guevara getting his heat as he does. And, of course, big part of the heat is his just obnoxious relationship with his fiance, Tay Mello. Uh, she comes out along with Anna Jay. Uh, they do a ref distraction. Uh, and then, uh, and then uh, Ty gets a low blow. Well, it's meant to be a low blow. It looked more like the looked more like a shoe up the ass than it was a, a low blow. But nonetheless, it's do, it does damage any which way. Um, uh, nonetheless, and then we think that's going to be the end of it. But no, it's just a big false finish. Uh, Mox is able to kick out of that. Sammy he misses a big swanton. Ultimately, though, Mox is going to hit this double arm DDT Death Rider driver, and he is going to advance to the final. So John Moxley, we start to show off knowing he is going to be one of the two men challenging for this vacated world title. Issa, uh, did the right man win here between Moxley and Guevara? Yeah, of course, 1,000%. I got to be honest with you. When the brackets were announced, as excited as I was, because I did think everybody in this tournament felt worthy, I didn't think for a second that I would see Darby or Sammy move on. I'm sorry, I just Mm -hmm. didn't. I didn't think they had a lot of chemistry. I'm sorry, I didn't like this match. I thought it felt sloppy. I Out of all the matches that we see Moxley do, since becoming interim, which they're counting as a title reign because they're calling him a three-time world champ. So this interim title reign is counting as a title reign. Uh, but regardless of that, out of all the matches that we see Moxley do when he was defending this title on a weekly basis with Jimmy and I said he was wrestling too much, mm-hmm. this was my least favorite Moxley match that he's done in probably the last eight weeks or so. I didn't like it. And I saw a promo by Sammy Guevara going into this match. Very passionate. But I didn't believe him. And I don't know, maybe because the outcome was so predictable. Um, I'm speculating here. Maybe he wasn't all in. It just feel like they weren't clicking. And I don't know if you guys felt the same way, but I didn't like the chemistry here. Like there was something off about this match and it felt that way the entire time for me. But yes, the right man did win. Jamie, did the right man win? And uh, did you feel any of the, any of the issues that, that Issa's talking about here? Uh, yes, I, I, I agree that I think the right man won. I thought Mox was the right decision because, yes, I understand the uh, concept of elevating younger talent, but this isn't the right time for that. Sammy Guevara will get there, but it's, isn't, this isn't the right time. They need someone to step up and be a, uh, I don't want to say locker room leader, but be a big-time star, and Moxley is a bigger star than, than Sammy Guevara, Guevara right now, especially with the uh, – alleged suspensions or those that are not appearing on television, at least for the time being, those being out of the way, you need someone to step up. So I think obviously the right person won here. As far as the chemistry in the match, um, it was okay. I had more issues with the um, other stuff. Like for example, the, the weirdness in the officiating, and I hate to keep bringing this up, but it always an issue with me, especially being a former official 
where when I see stuff that doesn't make sense to me, like, uh, okay, the picture in picture thing is a good concept. Unless of course you go to picture in picture, they're on the floor and it seems like they're on the floor for the entire commercial break. But then when we come back from commercial, they do a spot where they're, they tease a count out. <laughs> what, 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 you know, where was that counting outside the ring uh, during the commercial break when they were out there for what felt like three minutes? You know what I mean? And then uh, even later on where they did a double down and the referee was counting the double down. Yeah. Anyways. And then here we have a, a distraction by the heels that lead to a false finish, which is OK. But then we'll get to it because it happened again later in the show in a different match. And it seems like that there's no communication between uh, is there an agent uh, there at the match or they come back and say, Hey, here's what we're doing. Is anybody else doing this? It feels like they're not doing that. And there's other examples of it. So I think there were a lot of things that, uh, we, you know, we talk a lot about tightening screws. There were a few screws that needed to be tightened in this one. Yeah. I also agree. Moxley is the, is the person to win in this, whether from the booking standpoint of his status to, you're right. The and we'll talk more about it when we get to who Mox's opponent is going to be. When you're talking, about, okay, you, we you got a little bit of a PR nightmare on your hands internally, and you need to kind of write the locker room ship, and you need leadership. Um, Sammy's young. Sammy also was just involved in his own altercation with Eddie Kingston. So it's like that's like it, you know I think for all those things, both wrestling and uh, inside baseball, uh, Mox is the right guy. I will agree. I didn't even catch, and I, I, I will have to admit, sometimes when they go to picture in picture and commercial. I'm looking down at paper writing. I'm, all, I'm looking at Twitter um, or um, mm-hmm. you know bathroom refrigerator, whatever. So I actually missed. But th- th- if they did that, that's a, that's an incredibly insanely stupid spot to have them laying there for a minute and a half and then start to count. Uh, but good eye on you. The one thing, the one that I know, the screw that I wanted tightened is, and again, I, just keep it simple on the distraction. They have both uh, Ty and Anna come down the ramp together. And Anna stays uh, ramp side, and they make Ty go all the way around to get behind them. Like, I, I always figure, like, have Anna come out first. Let her go to the far side to get the ref. Right. And that way, Ty can just slide in from the ramp and do the low blow so and, easy. Sli- and slide so out easy. versus mm-hmm. doing it. And then she has to, like, you know, fall over her ass to get out and around. And she's in heels and, like... Mm-hmm. Again, especially with the women, when they're in heels, and the, like I, I never understand that you don't need both parties to come out at the same time. Let one or let one come out of the the crowd or production area just to be over here, just to draw the refs. So that way, the other one can just have a smooth in. I, I I didn't I don't understand why both would come down, and then you it it just it just makes it less it it just makes it less believable that that the all knowing ref uh, who's out there to try to keep law is not going to yeah that that was my screw that I wanted tightened, but no. That's a good screw to tighten. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but it didn't. It wasn't even the screw. It wasn't even the. You know, it didn't even lead to the finish. You know, it was it right. just being a big fall. So I guess at the end of the day, whatever. Yeah. But um, mm. so John Moxley wins. So John uh, celebrating, and then uh, they do a nice little teaser on commentary to go to commercial. And they say as Moxley has won, that now they're hearing some hubbub is going on backstage. MJF is demanding a microphone, and they cut to commercial. So good cliffhanger. Come mm-hmm. back. MJF yeah. comes out. Cuts. Says tell them to cut the music. Uh, you know, he starts drawing comparisons of Albany, New York, to this being how Moxley grew up. Talks about Moxley's book, which I've read. It is a very entertaining read. I suggest you do it if you, if you get time. Uh, he says how Moxley grew up in the slums of Cincinnati, which is just like all these people. It's just poor white trash scums uh, in Albany, New York. Uh, says Moxley tries to put on a tough guy front. Gets his bike stolen as a kid. Has to put on a tough guy front. But MJF knows the real deal. 
MJF talks about how MJF's brain is more dangerous than Moxley's alcoholic disease, uh, and that that Mox or that MJF is a demon that Moxley will not slay. Uh, Jimmy, they walked a line of real, uh, but mm-hmm. still kept it in the story. Uh, I thought this was maybe some of the best part of Dynamite. It got a, uh, it got business. It, it continued the MJF return and the heat, uh, but yet we still kind of have a shroud of mystery. Uh, and then there's more that comes here in a second. But just with, just with MJF, there's still the shroud of mystery of you know, he wants Moxley, he wants the world title. Um, it, 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 I, I kind of like the mystery here. Like, you know, is he going to make himself? seen right. at Arthur Ashe? Is he going to inject himself in the match? But this promo is pure fire. No, it absolutely wasn't. And again, that's his strongest suit. The guy's a great talker, especially, you know, he, his music hit, he came out, the crowd popped huge, and he was able to turn them against him without having to mention the other team like he did last week to get that heat, which is, uh, uh, he, he doesn't need to do that. He's that damn good on the mic where he doesn't have to resort to, Oh, uh, putting over the other team. So he can, so that uh, their diehard or hardcore base fans can boo him for, you know, even thinking about jumping ship, so to speak. But uh, that being said, yeah, this, this segment was straight, straight fire. And I love the fact that he introduced, uh, what are they stable on retainer? The firm. The yeah, firm, stable and retainer. Retainer. I like that he has a nice little nickname for him, and when he invited him out, he gave them the ring. And that that, that I I thought was good move. No, good call, and we'll go into uh, more of that promo here with the, the stable in just a second. Uh, Isa, the MJF promo uh, is your is your scarf sweating with 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 love. Always for MJF. Uh, first of all, gimmick infringement. There's already a demon here. So we can be demons <laughs> together if you want. But I I mean, I guess MJF can do whatever, right? But him just cutting these promos directly at Moxley, it feels like he's spoiling the title match at Grand Slam. Mm. Uh, to me, it just feels like, okay, so Moxley's winning this whole tournament. Why should I care about whatever Chris Jericho, Bryan, or whatever happened at Grand Slam? Because... Um, and JF is making it feel like he's going after Mox because Mox is winning the title. I feel like well, as good as the promo was, and it was perfect location for it. You know me, if you are 10 miles outside of New York City, I don't consider you New York, so sorry, Albany. Um, however, I, I felt like it's, it's ruining the title match for Grand Slam. So that's my only critique. It's just like, imagine Moxley wins and you save it for after that. Uh, because I would assume this title match will happen probably at full gear, or we could just be completely full. So it appears that he's doing that, and Brian wins and throws a whole curveball in there, which I would assume that that's when the firm comes in. NJF is the kind of person that would always have a plan A and a plan B. And in his brain, plan A is I can take Moxley. That's why he's telling us plan B is if it's not Moxley, I got these guys ready to take on this fight with me. So I appreciate it, but I will say it did take attention away from the title match because in my brain I feel like Mox is winning. Interesting. And then while yeah. we're while we're doing the X's and O's behind the curtain, look, Moxley was supposed to be off. It wasn't until the suspensions happened that Moxley got called back in. So there's like two, there's two schools of thought here. Uh, is it is it a case of okay, Moxley's you know he's 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 one of your biggest names. You gotta you gotta have him at Arthur Ashe involved in this main event. So you, you have him there and he loses and then he gets his vacation or. Does Moxley say, well, if I'm not going away for time off, if you need me indefinitely, 
at least make it worth my while and get the title back on me. Let's, let's do something cool here. I, yeah. I still feel this happens at full gear. Me personally. Um, I don't think like whatever, whoever wins is going to go on until full gear, which is their next pay-per-view, which is around the corner. If you really think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but you know what? The demon diva always sparks something in, in me creatively with the pencil, because you got me thinking now. She sparks because, a lot of things, Jimmy, for a lot yeah, of people. That's true. That's true. But uh, in have, you, case, have, you, have you seen the chat comments? Have you seen the Twitter replies to her? Uh, 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 Some thirsty fellows out there. I, I will plead the fifth on that one. But anyways, um, you know, you know, you talk about when will this happen with the the casino chip and all this stuff. Leading into next week, you know, it looks like uh, Brian Danielson is going into. The, we'll, we'll talk about it. Uh, right, less than a hundred percent. Maybe right. he finds a way to pull one out against John Moxley, and then. Oh, wait, I'm giving away the ending of the, the final match, too, aren't I? Oh, yeah. Well, anyways, and let's say, for example, uh, he cashes in then on a less than 100% Brian Danielson mm-hmm. at Arthur Ashe at their big show. Yeah. You never know because they do like they do, do tend to do things quickly sometimes and don't take their time. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, 1000%. They premature ejaculate all over storylines. But <laughs> um, <laughs> I will say. I mean, I, I I like what I like what you're thinking here. I guess I just I don't know. I don't know. I I still see it happening at full gear. Okay. All right. Well, let me get back into the stable. Yes. On retainer. <laughs> um. <laughs> talk about premature. We mentioned the stable earlier. I hadn't even got to get to the interest of them. All right. So we get this table coming out. Uh, it's MJF support system. Stokely yes. Hathaway uh, introduces. We have um. We have Ethan Page. We have the Gun Club. We have Lee Morardi. We have uh, W. Morrissey. Stokely says, uh, you know, that they will go their Great separate Brummel. way. Yeah, the, 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 they'll, they'll go their separate ways. They'll only, they'll only be together when needed by MJF. So kind of already hinting at, like, this is just whenever MJF, you know, pushes the the, the in case of emergency button. Uh, but he talks about how much he loves W. Morrissey. There's a great meme going around of him just hugging Morrissey. Morrissey just no-selling him. Uh, he wants Lee to bring Honor back to the Ring of Honor, a pure title. The Gun Club, they are not boys. They are men. They want the tag titles. Ethan Page wants to rep his country and get that All-Atlantic All Championship. Um, and he says that if you don't run with us, run from us is the final words from stokely hathaway so they finally give us some clarity of who this of the firm and and yeah i mean we've kind of just we've been circling around it and just kind of pinpoint a little bit of what jimmy said you know uh mjf has this right to cash in any points basically it's, it's their version of a money in the bank so to speak uh, and he's got um you know what's you know he's got you know, five, you know, he's got five, six guys here backing him up. Uh, mm-hmm. So w- what a compelling uh, five or six guys backing up. And oh, by the way, let's let's remember if we if we want to harp on this, if Tony Khan wants to go in this direction, you know, all of MJF's gripes, shoot work or otherwise, when he left was all these former WWE guys. And, this and, that. and uh, here we go with uh, with nothing. You know, the, the, the final the final bit here at this point is Mox is in it. And then you have Jericho or Danison. So all former WWE champions are going in to try to claim this vacated AEW title. So mm-hmm. um, Terry Allen Jr. says uh, NXT gold and white excitement. I'm very excited for the future of NXT. Now takeover yeah. names going to come back. I'm super excited about it. Absolutely. 
Uh, Justin, did you not think that Morrissey uh, looked like Kid Rock ate Kid Rock, <laughs> but instead, <laughs> instead of getting fatter, he got taller? <laughs> Wow. He did. Wife, he did. One thousand percent. I could not stop thinking about it. Wife beater and the long stringy hair. Yeah. It was yes. Certainly, uh... It was. I. I was like, Justin Lavar is gonna love that reference. Um, yeah. I really, really enjoyed the promo by Stockley here. I thought he killed it. I love uh, Jimmy's point. How MJF just got out of the way and gave him the ring. MJF doesn't need a mouthpiece protection. Mm-hmm people to fight his fights yes that's what he's done since day one <laughs> mjf has always surrounded himself around some protection of some kind but i appreciate seeing stockley do what he does best he was so passionate again really really just enjoyed everything that he did on the map here i'm gonna throw a uh, i'm gonna throw a curveball uh, of just uh, in the fantasy world here real quick as we just kind of talked about the firm and we talked about you know again looking maybe for easter eggs looking maybe for little hints mm-hmm. of foreshadowing Everybody, of course, and, st- and the lineup as Stokely goes down the line, very happy for the endorsement, happy to be there. Morrissey noticeably no selling and just kind of like he's there for the for the money, for the paycheck maybe that, that Stokely is providing. Uh, wouldn't it be something if uh, MJF does try to cash in, does cash in, what have you, and uh, he's got one defector in the group, and that's W. Morrissey, who, look, I was your hired gun once way back when I went against Wardlow. You know, I, I'm – I'm here now, and I'm I'm not going to be just your hired gun. I'm because I mean, look, he he's that that would be the one interesting thing. Is he's the one guy that the fans I think want to cheer the most out of, of the bunch that's in this. So that would be something interesting uh, if, if they wanted to go that way. Because that's I mean, otherwise, if he's the big tall heater, if he's the big tall enforcer, he didn't act like he wanted to be there. He just acted like he's like I'm here because I'm here. But you know, very much I could see him quickly defecting from the group if again they want if 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 they don't have the box and Kenny and Punk for a long time, and you need to spice things up and have some some swerves bro uh mm-hmm. to keep things entertaining in, in the top picture that would be something that i'd be entertained by are you saying that yep. they might not be able to coexist coexist yes. is going to be uh-huh. a problem there you go <laughs> there's that word yeah M- mjf is very keen on the on stanford these days he's taking a page out of the coexisting issues there you go there you go <laughs> coexisting issues all right uh, moving on, we got Jungle Boy versus Jay Lethal. Jungle Boy pointed out an open challenge backstage earlier in the day. You know, he, he wants to get back to business, get back to being who he is, a fighting competitor. Jay Lethal answers it. Sanya Dutt's screaming, screaming how Jay Lethal's a man and Jungle Boy's a boy. And he, he said it about 15 more times if he didn't catch the picture the first time. Uh, so we go to that match. Uh, Jay Lethal's just playing off of Jungle Boy's taped up lower back. That's what we're... Uh, working and Jungle Boy is selling, but finally Jungle Boy does end up winning via kind of like a Cena STFU submission. Mm-hmm. Jungle Boy still wants Christian Cage. He's doing the poses. He's doing. He's teasing the kill switch engage. Uh, Issa, I- I'll reserve my thoughts after you and Jimmy. Wh- wh- what did you make of this of this match here? Jungle Boy is always fun to watch in the ring. Um, sometimes the storylines that he's involved in or him cutting promos, I always let it get in the way. And then when I see him in the ring, I remember why. You know, he's there, like he's very, very good. Mm-hmm. I thought he had really good chemistry with Jay Leto. I just didn't think this made sense. I mean, there's nothing as far as I know set up for jungle boy to man for next week at Arthurash. So why are we using precious TV time right now on this when we should just be setting up the car for next week? Unless he's gonna do another open challenge, you know. I don't know. But it, it, I, I talked about it on the Wednesday night before all out where they were putting things on television that didn't I didn't feel like they made sense given what we were trying to build to. This felt that way. Jimmy? Yeah. No, I I, 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 I 
I, I really get Issa's point. But at the same time, like you said, Issa, this could be setting up something for next week, this open challenge thing. Uh, maybe he makes an open challenge and we get a debut. Like you said, last year we got a bunch of debuts. Maybe this is one to set up a new, another debut for next week. It's, it's possible. But at the same time, uh, as much as I enjoyed the match itself, and I think a lot of it had to do with Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal is just, uh, I think it's just great. So um, good. So, so good. So good. Um, it's just, I felt like a match for the sake of putting a match on, filling TV time yes. since we, but they've got a deep enough roster where they don't have to just go resort to that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And maybe it's just the businesswoman in me, but the way that I look at it is that you didn't sell all out. And I mean, you can blame it on whether it was the third wrestling show of the week or not. All Out did not sell. It didn't do the same buy rates. Uh, Grand Slam is far from where it was last year. Remember Grand Slam selling out last year? It's nowhere near being sold out. And I do think going into the week of the events without knowing half of the card is going to affect people that are going to want to spend the money on a ticket and make it out to these places. So in my opinion, it's like, even if you want to throw matches to throw them on the week before, at least have a card that people can look at and know this is what I'm going to get. I'm there. Because as soon as they announced, like, when we got the teaser that Kenny Omega was fighting Brian, those tickets flew off the shelf, and that was teased weeks before Grand Slam. So I have an issue with this last-minute booking. And, yes, I know we discussed it. There's a lot of backstage drama going on. They're booking on the go. But we had that criticism for WWE when they were booking shows five minutes before. I'm not going to not say the same thing for this, especially when you have such a big stadium to sell out. Yeah, uh, Issa, kind of summing off what you said in the, from the business aspect, I, I agree. Like, the, the, if, the, if there's nothing that's that's there to be advertised uh, involving either of these men for next week, why give it the time you do? You know, I, I, I then the next step would be okay if you're not going to fill the segment with something that's building to next week at Arthur Ashe, build property you need to build. Build, you know, put your TNT champion out there. Put Wardlow out there, which is is an over moment. Wardlow's got a new T-shirt, which is all the buzz on social media that's a pin me war day. Like, have him come out there. Well, he doesn't like to wear his merch. <laughs> have a, I don't know, find a, do a local talent call and, and have a model that's in Albany and have her come out sporting the, I, I don't know, build things that you could just directly make money off. Shop, your, your title, investment, whatever. So that's just my little there, my little rant there. But to this point, I, I like Jungle Boy independently. I like him. I think he's got that, he's, he's got that, um, he's got that, that undersized connection with the crowd, fighting spirit, underdog. Like him, Jay Lethal was full of charisma. Jay Lethal is one of the most uh, talented, charismatic guys who never made it to the show that is WWE, right? Right. However, here's my gripe: I Jungle Boy is the, the the more featured star right now. Jungle Boy is always best in my mind because he is so small, relatively speaking. I want him in the ring with guys that that all that always make the visual sight obvious. That you're like, man. This Jungle Boy should never win this. And then when he does, you're like, oh, my God, how did he pull that out? Jay Lethal's as short, if not shorter, than Jungle Boy. Jay Lethal's a little, is a little thicker, a little more muscle. But all I see is I, I just look at this. I'm like, this is just two small guys. I lose the, yeah, the magic. Yeah, no big meaty man slapping meat alert here. Mm-hmm. I don't... No meaty men here. I, this, it, I lose the magic of Jungle Boy of what it is when he wins. And that, that was my problem visually. Is like you got this whole you got all you, you you have you have every indie guy that you let come into a dark match and, and you have this whole roster put somebody out there that's a few inches taller for jungle boy to beat that was actually my complaint mm-hmm. was it was of all the casting we could have done we mm-hmm. that's who we picked good call 
Yeah, and Jay Little didn't need to take an L on TV, so I would have been no, perfectly right, okay right. with somebody else taking that L mm-hmm. just to kind of reestablish Jungle Boy. You don't have to bury mm-hmm. somebody that's, you know, that's kind of like somewhat established. I would agree with you on that. Just call mm-hmm. a local, somebody from Dark or somebody a little lesser known. But mm-hmm. uh, while you're building Jungle Boy for Christian, he also has to get some credible wins under his belt because he looks like a chump at all out. Let's mm-hmm. be real. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd have to pull up the roster so damn deep. I'd have to pull up and figure out who, who you could throw out there, but I'm sure there was options. Um, uh, Peter in, in the Super Chats going, any chance we see the Black Scorpion appear at the Rumble? We saw Ric Flair's last match, but nobody mentioned the Scorpion. Random thought. Hmm. <laughs> There's always a chance for anything, Peter. There's always a, Never yes. say never in the wrestling business. Uh, and, it's the first, and it's the first Rumble that Triple H is booking. Right. So, hey. Hey. Maybe you're onto somebody, Peter. Maybe you're onto something. Something about WWE just feels like anything is possible again. You mm-hmm. love to see it. Anything. I like when they keep you guessing. I love when they keep you guessing. Yeah, anything does feel possible. That's my phrase. I keep saying anything. It all feels. Mm-hmm. You tune into Raw or SmackDown, and literally anybody could and show up. Anything could happen. The, the the other interesting thing about this match with uh, with Jungle Boy and Jay Lethal, when you have the two talents in there that they had, when they came back from break, it almost sounded like the crowd was a little bit tuned out. They were a little quiet, which was unusual because usually that AEW audience is really hyped, and you could you know that you know you that, that's a big part of what they do is you hear the audience, and that's you know your gauge on whether they're connecting. And when when you hear them quiet at AEW live shows, then you kind of go hmm. What's what isn't what isn't working with them right now? Yeah, interesting, interesting observation. Uh, we see a uh, little re- package of Darby Allen. I, I forget if somebody can tell me in the chat. He was at one of the, like the I know it's not the X Games, but he was at some event, mm-hmm. and he's going down on a he's doing crazy stunts and he's blowing backwards off a bike and into a crash pad, and uh, then that segues right into Matt Hardy talking about how he's the original part of team extreme and noting the, the crazy match that Darby and Jeff Hardy had months ago. And Matt's trying to get back to basics and trying to climb his way back up in AEW. I love Matt. It certainly feels like this is the third or fourth reset. Obviously again, mm-hmm. um, thought we were going to have an, a Hardy boys tour. And then obviously Jeff runs into what he runs into. So uh, Matt challenges nonetheless though, Darby for a match this Friday at rampage uh, Jimmy, <laughs> Uh, you know, thoughts on, on this. And I, I'll just say it again. Darby is a crazy MFR. He is entertaining to watch him do these stunts, but I, I, I just constantly just go. Uh, the company's making an, uh, Tony Khan. You're making an investment in this guy. This guy is one of your probably top 10 baby faces. I know this kind of adds to his mystique and his aura that he goes out and does these things, but, but, but it only takes one bad step. Uh, yeah. And, and, and especially in a business like professional wrestling, where, uh, one bad landing can land you in trouble too. And it does happen. Accidents happen in this business all the time. You see people get hurt. This is increasing that, you know, you're not only uh, taking that risk inside the ring, you're taking the risk outside the ring as well. So you're doubling down on possibly getting hurt. So, uh, you know, I, I don't want to tell somebody how to live their life. If that's something that he normally does, you know, I mean, that's fine. But it, it, when it affects your work or if it ends up affecting your your work, then it becomes a problem. And there's a huge opportunity, uh, huge, uh, not opportunity, but a huge uh, uh, chance that that could affect your work in some form or fashion down the road. Issa, you're normally into the big meaty men slapping meat. Uh, what does Darby Allen do for you? Absolutely nothing. 
not into that goth thing. No, I think he. This was the weirdest way to set up a match. Also, I thought we had Sting to babysit him. Why is Sting letting him go and do these crazy <laughs> things? Like I thought that was the whole purpose of Sting. Sting to, to babysit, babysit Darby him. Allen. Like, <laughs> so I, I don't even understand. I'm happy to see Matt Hardy back here. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, you know Matt Hardy has had such a weird. I mean, we can say this about a lot of WWE guys that came to AEW, right? But a lot of the things that have happened to Matt, and I'm a big fan of Matt, but, you know, the the broken gimmick with the pandemic hitting, it's not the same without a crowd there, so they kind of got rid of it. Then we got the injuries, that whole field with Sammy Guevara, and the latest, what happened with Jeff Hardy, which I hope and pray that he's doing much better and getting the help that he needs. But it feels like Matt Hardy has taken strike after strike after strike in AEW. Uh, so we'll see where this goes, but this is just not a match that I was sitting here saying, oh my god, I can't wait to see Darby Allen again. Matt Hardy did not have it on my bingo card. Right. Did not have it anywhere near or anything because I'm just not a fan of Darby I, Allen. I, I hate I hate to put it this way, but the, after hearing that from Isa, it almost feels like Matt Hardy is their go-to guy when something when there's another issue. And and like right now where they have a few of their top stars who are not on television. What do we do? Oh, we got Matt Hardy. But that's what they do with, with Darby. Like I always mm-hmm. feel like when they're setting up a big car or a big show, they forget about Darby and they're like, oh my God, we got to throw him in there. He's a pillar. <laughs> I don't even know what you're building with a pillar this tall. But regardless, <laughs> he's a pillar. So we got to put him in the car <laughs> and there we go. Then we just throw together a match for no reason whatsoever, just so he's in the in the, in the the car. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. I'm sorry. Am I too real? I'll keep No, I'll no, that's, my... no, hey, <laughs> keep, him, keep him coming. Keep him coming. <laughs> First off, uh, I'm kind of surprised it's been as long as it is and we haven't gone down the path of a storyline that Darby is Sting's Ill- illegitimate son. I'm surprised they haven't oh. done that. So that's... Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> as long as he doesn't say, I'm your poppy, yeah, we're good. Look, we Issa, Rhea Ripley. any pillar... You know, we, uh, any pillars were something. We just don't want. We don't want flooding. It's just to set the foundation up. You know. I we got know. a storm coming. We have a tropical storm coming this weekend. I need reliable pillars. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. Matt really has. If you actually think about Matt's career in, uh, in the last couple of years, Matt really has been the victim to just unfortunate timing. Even dating back to like, he leaves WWE because like you know obviously he's not you know that that just kind of ended the way it did and. Um, Honestly, I think at the time when Matt left, I think Matt would have probably even gone down to what was then still the black and gold NXT, Triple H NXT. He probably would have gone to NXT and done some things, and it just didn't work out. You know, so it comes to AEW, which is the, the hot thing to do, but it's pandemic. So, yeah, broken gimmick and empty arenas, not so much. Uh, you know, House of Hardy, or not House of Hardy, you know, Hardy family office, whatever. That doesn't really whatever. And then all of a sudden, Jeff becomes a free agent. Now we have the Hardy Boys, one of the best tag teams ever to do a tour. Jeff personal problems now that's i mean it has just been and then and then over the way you look at it and it's like god if matt would have been able to stick it out in WWE, and then like many others could do that in in, in the hypothetical now triple h is in charge who <laughs> matt, matt could be there right now working a part-time schedule and also being a producer maybe <laughs> who knows i did enjoy matt's field with chris jericho i think that's the one thing that he's did. and that was his first field when he was still broken um i actually really really enjoyed that storyline and, and and the throne and jericho released the house and a bunch of chihuahuas coming out like i was so entertained by that um but outside of that i really feel for matt hardy and the way that his run has gone in aw and i want it to be better and at the same time i want him to be broken so mm-hmm. i struggle with this every day <laughs> 
Struggle is real. All right, well, Darby versus Matt this Friday. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, you know, it's a valid thing. Uh, You have a veteran in Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy, who is, you know, arguably walked away from a WrestleMania and been the best match of the night. Matt Hardy, who's just Matt freaking Hardy. And you have him, and, boy, you just lost. Again, You at the temporarily, you've lost some big names to injury or suspension. Um, yeah. might not be a bad time to heat him back up if you need Ex- to. No, and and like you said, he is a veteran who is very knowledgeable and, and, and someone you can go to for advice and can give some great advice to some of these younger talents, but the younger talents have to seek it out. Matt's podcast dropped. Well, some of podcast. them don't want any advice, Jimmy. Please, please don't bring that up. CM Punk oh, might go oh, cry oh. somewhere. Oh, sorry, okay. <laughs> no advice, Jimmy. No advice. Nope. No advice. No advice. Yeah. No advice. Go, man. It's a target, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Matt Hardy. We don't, have, new... we don't have Target up in Canada. Oh, you don't? Target, no, Puerto Rico so I literally when he said that, I thought he was be like a moving target. I was like, he's talking about them being hitmen because being a hitman is a hard job. No, no, here in Pittsburgh, I mean, you have Targets and Walmart, and it, it is Target all day. It's tar- Target is where you go. You, you don't, you don't screw with Walmart. Walmart is a is a. Well, so much for getting Walmart as a podcast sponsor. Walmart's just a a, a, so, a social mess to walk into. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, uh, cafe brother. Mm. <laughs> uh, Matt Hardy's got a new episode of his podcast dropping this Friday. I got a little hint, hint, wink, wink that it's uh, definitely one you want to catch uh, okay. this Friday with, with nice. uh, what's talked about and, and guests. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. Um, where are we at? Where are we at? Where are we at? Okay. Powerhouse Hobbs comes out. He's up against uh, uh, Albany's <laughs> favorite son, Matt DiMartino. This is who they should have given to uh, Jungle Boy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which, by the way, weird segue. I just, I just, I just did a cheap plug for Matt's podcast, which is co-hosted by a wonderful friend, John Alba. All I can think Alba. was Matt DiMartino looks like John Alba. If John <laughs> Alba took, stood there with a shirt off in his boxers, <laughs> that's what Matt DiMartino. Uh, I can't unsee this now. I can't stand you. <laughs> I hope John sees this. Um, Powerhouse Hobbs puts away Matt DiMartino with a spine buster. Somewhere in that in that happening, though. Why was he bleeding? Right, yeah. he was bleeding from his mouth. Did DiMartino get a stiff shot in? Did he get one in for Albany? Yeah. He, pulled, I, I he pulled a Moxley. He just started bleeding out of nowhere for no reason mm-hmm. whatsoever. 
Anybody, exactly. anybody in the chat? Like, did D? I mean, I think D. Martino tried. Like, like, did he actually get? Because powerhouse house. No, custom- he didn't get any offense. Like, no. unless like when no. he went down, he must have hit. Like, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I gotta go back and rewatch it. But I didn't see this guy get any offense on him. Uh, yeah. Unless power, unless Hobbs, like Goldberg himself in his mouth because <laughs> after the match. He, himself. he cheap he, he trash talks Ricky Starks, basically saying that the Starks chapter's over. He wants somebody new. Starks comes out of the crowd. Starks then takes the mic, hits Hobbs in the face, and then oh, the commentary yeah. said, yeah, commentary says, oh no, Hobbs is bleeding. I'm like, well, no, yeah. he was bleeding beforehand. I'm like, did yeah. Hobbs like again purposely like do something so he can manufacture blood for Starks's mic shot? Like, I don't know what happened uh, here. Maybe you there think was he took a blood capsule, yeah, and then it's yeah. exploded too soon. Yeah, that's what she yeah. said. Yeah, I don't know. But it's a it, premature ejaculation reference tonight. What is with wow. you? Wow, wow! It's a, it's a, it's a tough did one. I, mention, night, I tell you. Did I mention I got no sleep last night? So yeah, I am gonna. I thought I'm you were delirious. Gonna, I thought you were gonna say, did you mention you had a bad experience last night? You're like, what the oh, hell? No, hey, d- no. don't, don't, don't get it started here, Justin. Don't get it started. Don't light the fire. <laughs> Don't fan the flames. Let's put it you know what? I didn't mind that they had this thing. The only issue I had was Ricky Starks coming through the crowd. I you know this. that's. No, I didn't like it because you know who else comes through the crowd when they enter the arena? Moxley. Exactly. So now anybody can enter through the crowd. Uh, no, you know if one if you have one guy on the show who comes in through the crowd, let him be the guy who comes in through the crowd. Well, and also, I, I mean, I didn't really even that that didn't bug me as much, but I mean, that's a fair point. But what kind of got me was like, so like Starks lost to Hobbs, and we hadn't seen him since that, so it's been a week mm-hmm. and a half. But like, he's coming through the crowd with AEW with an AEW security guy escorting him down, but then he like has to get past security that's at the rings. Why is there security? He's, st- he's still an active member of the roster. Like, what? Right. He's not. It's not. He's not, like, if anything, when MJF showed up at All Out, it, there should have been like. The, the National Guard should have been called in. Like, well, I didn't understand that. Like, why? Why is why is Ricky Starks, you know, doing his best rock impersonation? Why has he got security following him around to stop him? How dare you try to connect dots? <laughs> I I did catch that. I was like, okay, he's coming down with security. Why is he trying to like avoid security, making his way to the ring? I didn't think that made sense. I like the visual of the crowd like standing up when they saw him. Like I thought that was a really cool visual for him. But at the same time, unless you're giving him a big win over Hop, sometime in the future, don't do these things because now you're getting cool visuals. The, the kids getting over, everybody's loving him. And if you're gonna squash him in, in two minutes at your next pay per view, then we don't need to be doing these moments because you're just killing a lot of momentum for him. Uh, yes, another. Uh, yeah, they didn't make a match, I don't believe. So another segment that just yeah. kind of. Just yeah. a lot of things didn't make sense tonight, like Casey says in the chat. Mm-hmm. What Casey said? Nothing tonight made sense. Yeah, she did. <laughs> Thank you, Casey. There's been a lot of stuff in the chat. Isa, you're like a favorite of the chat. Mm-hmm. People, by the way, I guess cheap plugs. I've seen like a, a bunch of. They weren't super chats. That's why they didn't get on the screen. People, I'm greedy. Uh, <laughs> but I did see in the chat uh, a lot of love for your OnlyFans. So there you mm-hmm. go. OnlyFans.com slash NYC Demon Diva. Have you have you have you t- have you took advantage of the have you are, have you done a photo shoot with the the scarf? I have. Okay. Ah. Go check it out over there. Well, I'm not a, I'm not one of your. Not you. Uh, I'm talking to the chat. To say, I'm not subscribed to it. I was just that's why I had to legitimately ask. Have Have you gone into that gimmick and like have you gone into that gimmick and done like the the, the, the scarf? I have. Shoot? It was a great photo shoot too. Okay. Look great. Yeah. 
go uh any super chat money left over go put it towards the only yeah page. there you go <laughs> all right uh lucha brothers your uh two-thirds of your death triangle or your trio champion that is death mm-hmm. triangle uh, up against <laughs> up against swerve in our glory your current tag champs um Real quick, let's just talk about Swerve in our glory. So Swerve is getting just a ton, like Swerve himself is getting a ton mm-hmm. of heat. Keith Lee, they still kind of want to cheer, but mm-hmm. then they collectively don't want these guys to be the tag champions because of the challengers they're going to have next week. Mm-hmm. Um, Jimmy, what do you before even did we break down the match and then all the all the things that happen off of this? What's your take right now on Swerve in our glory? Uh, you know, I'm still not on board with him. I just, I'm just not feeling it yet. Uh, maybe I need a little more time. Maybe that's what it is. Uh, but right now I am not feeling it. And, uh, I wish I could put a better spin on it, but just, they're not working for me right now. Jimmy, I'm gonna ask you another hard question. I'll see if you're, mm-hmm. if you have the bullet for it and I'm going to see if he has the bullet for it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play kind of a little bit of a. Keith Lee, when he showed up at AEW, there was all he 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 was one of the biggest uh, from the unhappy WWE crowd that was like, this guy didn't get used to his fullest. He was a stud in NXT. He had all this potential written over him, written on him. Vince squandered it, screwed with his music, screwed with his ring gear, mm-hmm. called him a bear cat. Blah 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 blah. Keith Lee shows up at AEW, huge response, mm-hmm. regenerate his career. Mm-hmm. Since he's been in AEW, I mean, he's holding a title technically yeah, for five minutes. But right. since he's been in AEW, episode. yeah, since he's been in AEW, yeah. you know, they they they've they've saddled him in a tag team, which to mm-hmm. me was kind of like, do they not trust him as a singles guy uh, for whatever reason? And now the crowd's kind of like revolting again. Like, mm-hmm. is this just un again? Is this like, is this just unfortunate timing for Keith Lee, or is something being exposed that Keith Lee is not the top guy that? we thought maybe he was supposed to be or or Keith Lee thought he was supposed to be, but uh, yeah, there's something amiss here. And that, so again, this is one of those things I can't put my foot on, whether it's the crowd that is just not seeing it or uh, in him, or is it the office that is not seeing, it? like you said, putting him in a tag team, not trusting him as a singles competitor right now, or is it just modus operandi over there where, Hey, we like to put people in groups. Yeah, you know, like uh, it, it, which seems to be the the order of the day over there, and I think Keith Lee is not looking. He didn't seem that happy tonight, anyway. So if you're trying to read between the lines and look into his eyes, you know what they say sometimes: the grass always looks greener on the other side until you get over there and you know take your shoes off and walk through it. Or it looks great, and then you get over there, and all of a sudden there's a drought. Literally mm-hmm. greener where you water it. CM Punk, all out press crumb 2022. Oh. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, it look, it looks green, and then all of a sudden, drought comes and it gets brown. And mm-hmm. there you go. You know, and then somebody new over there that you just let the yard you just left, all of a sudden has a new greenskeeper, and he comes in and he waters it a lot better. And there's a good point by night one in the chat where, uh, you know, like we saw in NXT that he has the capability of being a singles, you know, star in the ring. It is there. It's just, uh, I guess they figured, you know, we'll put him in a tag team. I'm going to run run with my analogy. Triple H is a better greenskeeper. He's going to make the grass greener again. Mm -hmm. Like I always said, Triple H is the guy because I think he's the guy who can mesh old school psychology with new school rules, if you know what I mean. I I think he could take the best of both worlds and and blend them together. Issa, you Keith Lee fan? 
No, I never been a Keith Lee fan, um, but I appreciated his talent. If you search Keith Lee in search for a GIF on Twitter, so many great NXT moments of him come up every time that he used to oh, sneak him behind Adam people, Cole. Him, him Adam freaking Cole. yeeting Adam Cole, like sneaking on Finn Balor. Like there was so many moments. My issues with the booking of Keith Lee actually started in NXT when he held both titles and then he relinquished one. So you completely diminished this North American championship. You couldn't defend it on the next pay-per-view. I never agree with that. It felt very hillish uh, of a move to do. Like you finally crowned the first double champ and, 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 and he lasts like a whole five minutes, right? I have a hard time judging his main roster run because I believe he had an injury and then he went through that very serious situation that he had after getting COVID. So we don't even know if he felt 100% before the release happened, but I do know that, that he had a very serious health condition in like as a result of COVID. But I remember him having that match Survivor Series, that moment with Roman Reigns. I'm never going to forget that. I'm never going to forget Brock Lesnar's reaction to Going, him coming who, who, out of the Royal this? Rumble. Yeah, Brock, yeah Brock. big boy, right? So right. when you, with, uh, although I'm not a fan, when you say the name Keith Lee to me, every single moment that comes to mind is a WWE moment. Nothing outside of his debut comes to mind other than if we're talking AW, his debut, and then an audible should have been called at all out. And those are not good things to go by. Sheed Black in the in the super chat, Swerve and our glory, a good tag team. They've had a great they've had great matches lately. So Sheed's in it. Okay. Uh we'll get into the match they had here in a second. Uh we just want to kind of talk for a few minutes about Keith Lee. Um Julius says, I think Keith's friend passed earlier this week. Um okay. I don't know anything about that, but no, I don't either. Um, Thoughts and prayers. If that's the case, uh, if that, yeah, exactly. Yeah. People in the this this was not a super chat, but people in the chat <laughs> giving Peter his reaction. <laughs> Peter says Keith Lee is basking in the Robins. Uh, <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. Peter's on fire tonight. Mm. Ping pow pole. All right. Um. So we get this match here. Um. What the fun the the funniest moment of this match actually is the Keith Lee moment. Mm -hmm. Uh. <laughs> Penta's got uh, Swerve pinned, and Keith Lee takes Rick Phoenix and tosses him through the ropes to break the pin up. It's actually a really cool spot. Yeah, uh, we then see, we then see yeah, and then we see a, a sequence here. Phoenix springboard Spanish flies uh, Swerve off the top, and then Penta jumps off Phoenix's back. To Canadian Destroyer on Lee, but it's the false. It, it, it's a two count, and the, and the crowd's chanting "Holy shit!" But I'm like, "Oh my god, that's the biggest spot that you could do." Now, obviously, it's that's not the finish because mm -hmm. the Keith Lee and, and company end up winning. The heels end up winning. Keith Lee basically wins with doing right. a, a John Cena attitude adjustment. I don't know if he has a name, something else. So Keith Lee and Swerve stand tall. They're still tag champions. The Acclaim come out. Man, the acclaimed are over like Rover. You watch crowd reactions. That 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 hit of the music plays, mm -hmm. everybody is on their feet and excited. Everybody loves the acclaimed. Say it. Everybody loves the acclaimed. Uh, they're all pumped for the music. They want to hear Max rap. He then cuts his own music off. They all are so on. They're pissed. That's part of the ticket price admission is they want to hear Max Castor rap. He's not interested in rapping. He's basically telling Swerve, if you interrupt my rap like you did in the past, I'm going to kick your ass. Uh, they're going to be going up against Swerve in our glory next week and Arthur Ashe. And, man, if Tony Khan's got ears, he knows what he has to do here. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, I also feel like that's one of the main reasons why it's hard to get behind Kidley and Swerve as a tag team is because you also put them in situations where it's just like they won the title when nobody expecting them to win it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and they took the titles from fan favorites to a team that kind of just got pushed together. In addition to that, you have moments like like all out where everybody was behind the acclaim and then they don't win and now you have them winning pinning champions that we just crowned last week and i was having i was doing my best to put behind the backstage drama and just take this week as a brand new week right and it's just like okay so that triangle is your backup plan and you just made it so clear like these titles were supposed to be the elite you don't know what to do with them and you completely buried them on tv i hated this Jimmy, well, good match. No, no, the match is all right. Uh, again, uh, I, I will refer to Justin's point about that false finish there with the uh, uh, twisting, burning 450 hammer phoenix splash and the kick out. Uh, I mean, you, you know, sometimes I get it. There are times when you kick out of somebody's move, big move, but it happens far, far, far too often with huge moves like that one that we saw there. What was it again? That was the. It was, um, it was it was a spring it was off the top rope so a springboard springboard, springboard Spanish fly, fly and then and then, Canadian as, Phoenix, and then yeah. as Phoenix got up Penta used Phoenix jumped off Phoenix's back to get the elevation to the then, Canadian, to, to Canadian, Canadian destroy Keith Lee yeah. uh, see there, there are times when a big move is to be kicked out of but th- I think it's happening far too often nowadays and this was a perfect example of it happening too often there's nothing wrong with somebody making the save there you could have done the same finish and, and and have someone make the save. That's all it takes. It's not I'm a big spilling, deal. I'm yeah. Spilling water yeah. all over myself. That's right. Uh, yeah. Look, there are two finishing moves. I I I I mean, I've watched. I mean, I've been watching. We all have a wrestling my whole life. There are two finishing moves in the last twenty years that I can remember where I was the first time I saw it, and I went, "Oh my god." Mm-hmm. The first one of them, and this is in the order. One of them is uh, Mr. Kennedy on I don't know if it was Sunday Night Heat or Velocity, where it was at that point, but it was basically just one of the B level shows. And he did his Lambo leap to Funaki, which mm-hmm. is basically a, a, a fireman's carry front roll, but it was off the, the second or second rope. And I remember the crowd, went, oh, and I remember I went, oh, and I became a huge fan of Kennedy, blah, 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 blah. The other one is the first time I saw, I think, PD Williams do the Canadian Destroyer. And I went, again, had another lost my breath, lost my speech moment. Mm-hmm. So I hate seeing a Canadian destroyer used for a false finish. Right. That's I felt pers- that way when Bat Bunny hit a Canadian destroyer. I've never been prouder in my whole life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was impressive that he did it. Yeah, very impressive. Yeah. But I, I hate. I, I actually hate- like the Canadian destroyer that he hit on Riddle. At the, at the Royal Rumble more oh, than the Morrison man. one, if I'm being honest with you. I thought Riddle did a better job at selling it. Ah, okay. Yeah, it, it, I just, I, I, that's a, it's a personal shot to me. I hate it. I think it is just yeah. a waste. Waste, yeah. even if it's not. But, uh, but also to your point, Justin, it, 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 the, you know, they did make me look forward to next week's match, for sure. And every week that Billy Gunn comes out, I get more and more jealous. Of this guy yeah, is. but what does that do to your new trios champ who are your backup plan? They're your plan B. They're like, you You guys stood up for a date and you text that person. You haven't texted him forever because you don't want to be dressed up and left home alone. That's what that triangle is. And they felt that way tonight. And it's mm. horrible. Well, we'll get, to more, we'll get to more disrespect of the trios champs in just a second here. Mm. 
Issa, which shirt are you more likely to buy and wear in public? Pin me, war daddy, or scissor me, daddy ass? Oh, pin me, war daddy, for personal reasons. <laughs> Neither for me. Okay, uh, so this is the. I, I, I don't always end up including these backstage, these quick backstage ones. I don't always include them. Sometimes it's just like there's so much in these shows and too many. I, I don't want this podcast to drag. It's whatever. I had to make note of this because I even use it as my tease on Twitter because it was just so freaking bad. We and I'm not. And again, if WWE did something this bad, which they wouldn't, because they would never do a live backstage like this, because they would know how the margin of error is so thin right there in the frame of the camera. So I'm going to call it out. They go backstage, Alex Marvez, who he's seen the death triangle. Uh, you know, uh, Penta and Phoenix are they're you know they're beaten up, but just lost his match, and then Pac's trailing them, and and, and our Alex Marvez, you know, crackerjack journalist, Pac, what's what's next for you guys? What this this hiccup or whatever he says, and and Pac's like hiccup, you know, need I remind you, we're still trios champion. I'm still all Atlantic champion. You know, he's putting mm-hmm. himself over, and then Orange Cassidy proceeds to come in and do like the the the, the, the Superman knockout punch. But it was they did this live, and the camera is right here on Pac's face, and Cassidy's fist comes in, and it missed. It, it was the worst looking it was punch. So weak. So and weak. Then, and then Pac, who is the bastard Pac, and all the stuff. Pac takes the big bump, eyes glazed over. He's knocked out long enough for Orange Cassidy to come down and cut a promo on him. I had to rewind this twice because I was like. It couldn't have been bad, as bad as I thought it just looked once. Oh, it was. And I it watched was, it yeah. two and three times, and I said, how did we let this happen? Mm. It was it was bad. I mean, yeah. I mean, they let, they let Ruby Ho- so hang out there until the door hits her. They're very bad at producing mm. these backstage attacks. Very bad. And not only that, again, a backstage attack. Did we not see a backstage attack earlier in the evening during a promo? when someone was being interviewed backstage, again, stuff that is being done far too often. Yeah. yeah um, do, I mean, do backstage stuff, but just do them tape. I mean, I know that like, yeah. this is a case of where they wanted to show pack and crew coming from the match and battle scars and coming mm-hmm. through. So it's, it's easier to go live than this. Pre- but man, if, if you, if you want to have somebody get punched three inches from the camera, you have to have that stuff in the, you have to have it in the can. You can't do that. That was, mm-hmm. and, I, and I get, you know, Orange is not trying to knock the guy out legit, but right. if, if you can't throw a good enough working punch with the camera right there, find something else to hit him with. If, you, if you're determined to have Orange Cassidy yeah. knock him out, I don't know. Find something else to hit him with. Exactly. Yeah. Agreed. Big problem with this. All right. It's 9 30. It's time for the women's match. Uh, Tony and Athena versus Back to Fred, Normal. Fred yeah. Baker and Serena Deeb. Uh, some assistance of Britt with the chair that helps Deeb get the pin. So Britt and Serena get the pin uh, in victory. Post match, Athena starts attacking them. Uh, Britt does a curb stomp. Excalibur actually kind of hesitates to call it a curb stomp. Just says a stomp. That uh, was very uh, Seth Rollins esque. Uh, and then Jamie Hader comes out, and like we last saw, the Hader and Britt have a problem. Hader does not attack Britt. Hader attacks Tony Storm, but then kind of gets in Britt's face. Uh, and so Brit's screaming, I'm sorry. So a little bit of chaos everywhere, but, um, uh, you're, you're the resident diva on the panel here. Uh, how did the, that was a death, that was a death stare of me even asking. First of all, you didn't even 
talk about the pre-match promo backstage and i get it because there's so much going on backstage oh, go ahead, that go whole ahead, yeah. i eat an apple a day to keep the dmd away is the lamest freaking oh. line i have ever heard in my entire life and it's not the first time that just keep just hide their weaknesses right i i feel like this is not the first time that we heard Athena just maybe her promos are just not hitting with me I'm not enjoying her work on the mic I enjoy her in the ring why are you showcasing their weaknesses it's your job as a promoter as the booker to to highlight what they do best and kind of like you know hide those weaknesses so I don't know why we keep giving her a mic uh I I, I hated this another champ got pinned on TV tonight for no reason whatsoever. Oh, yeah, there is a reason. There is a fatal four-way next week because mm -hmm. he all of a sudden remembered that he had no women's matches on Grand Slam. So there's that. So, so again, here we go with that coexist word. Right. Coexist. And, then, and, then, and, then, and then at the end, as you said, uh, here comes uh, uh, Jamie out and takes the chair away from Britain. You think there's going to be an interaction between them two, and she takes out Tony Storm with the chair and still trash talks you know, uh, yeah. Brett, so do you still have a problem with her? If you still have a problem with her, then why didn't you use the chair on her? Yeah. yeah it, I, I don't know. Yeah. The, the, again, the women's, the, you know, they have the, the, very slowly with Jade, and then she has that title, but, but Jade's even, I mean, I, I know they have a million shows. They have Rampage, they have Dark, they have Elevation, so I, I can't keep track of when Jade always shows up. I keep track of Dynamite. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they protect Jay, but it's very slow moving. Brit, at one point, Brit was one of the most biggest reactions of any talent that walked through the curtain that got that they got on Dynamite, and they've kind of buried that lead. They have that like Brit's not like give Brit a microphone. Everybody. She doesn't need a wrestler. We give Brit a microphone. People want to let her antagonize the crowd. Let her. I mean, I I, I don't know why, and, and I think the the water has gotten muddied because they brought you know. Brought in Ruby Soho, brought in Tony Storm, uh, Athena, and it's like, I, it, is, it is. It feels like a, a, a quality over quantity issue here. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm so, I'm so frustrated with the women. It, it, that's yeah. where, yeah, right now that that match, that women's tag match, unfortunately, was if there was one time tonight where it looked like they tried to put twenty pounds of potatoes in a ten pound bag. Let's get all the women out there on TV. Yeah, and then they just announced the match randomly yeah. without a setup or a storyline. Yeah. Again, it was yeah. whatever. Uh, another super chat. Uh, Julius says Athena and can you type Tanti Storm? I don't know. If, Tanti Storm? I don't know if you meant Tony Storm. Tony Storm. Is he trying to say that he likes Athena and Tony Storm? Maybe. Yeah. That's what he wants to see. I think. Okay. Tony Storm taking that pin. Hated it. Yeah. All right, it's main event time. Uh, mm -hmm. I'll come out. The, I'll come out right now and it's say this. Fun. This was the best part of the, uh, MJF's promo was really good. Mm -hmm. This was the best match of the night. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, definitely. And 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 to what surprise? This match. You know, these are two guys who have main evented the biggest show. I mean, this is this to no surprise. Even though this is a rematch of what happened at All Out a week and a half ago, these guys can just they can mm -hmm. make it happen. Uh, the other semifinal match, winner's going to fight Moxley. It is Chris Jericho versus Brian Danielson. Just lost my pen. Um, <laughs> another pen. Here we go. <clears throat> Behind the scenes of the podcasting world. All right, another pen. 
All right, Chris Jericho versus Brian Danielson semifinals. Um, uh, fun fact here: Brian Danielson is a note never has beaten Chris Jericho. That's mm-hmm. fun to think about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian comes out, and I mean, in the in the first five minutes, he is all over Jericho. I mean, it is just Brian yep. uh, in full control here. Um, did you guys catch? Was I hearing correctly that the crowd, after eventually at one point, had a Let's go, Brian. Was it Y two J? Were they doing a Y two J chant for Jericho? Yeah, it was. It was a dueling chance. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's fun. All right, it is fun. Uh, so let's go, Brian. Y two J chant. Um, the kind of the big turning point in the match was, and this the spot always makes me cringe. So I'm glad that I, I guess a to a plus to them that they worked it into the match, but a plus to them that everybody seemingly was okay and was all part of the story. But mm-hmm. they're on the apron. Chris Jericho suplexes, overhead suplexes Brian to the outside. Brian braces uh, and lands on his feet, but uh, looks like he hurts his ankle. Mm-hmm. Commentary speculating. Uh, William Regal's going through the complexities and science of the wrestling shoe versus the wrestling boot. The shoe, of course, is what Brian's wearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jericho proceeds to rip that shoe off. Now Brian's just in a sock. We do the old Bret Hart to Shawn Michaels around the ring post figure four spot. Mm-hmm. Brian lame duck tries to do his running knee. It, it it falls into a walls of Jericho. This looks like this is gonna be it. Walls of Jericho then turns into a half crab, which is just wrenching into this injured ankle. But Brian does not give up. Finally, Brian does eventually rebound, counter, gets a label lock while ripping the nostrils of Jericho. Brian gets the win via submission. So Brian Danielson versus John Moxley, baby versus baby, Black Bull Combat Club versus Black Bull Combat Club for the vacated title. Mm-hmm. Moxley comes out, stares down uh, Brian and shakes hand. All while they are doing the money shot of their two yep. challengers. And the then sign. The sign comes up from the, fr- from the front row of right. CM Punk owns the Young Bucks. Oh my goodness. And that's the one time and one time one time and one time only you go, oh, where's the WWE security when you need them? <laughs> yep. Yep. I was like, is this Steve Rubin would have had that sign pulled faster than you could have even believed. Oh my goodness. And Jimmy yeah. understands what I just said right there. Yes, I do. Not only I, the sign, but that guy would have been uh that guy I, I would agree. Have been out. Um, One thing I want to point out, too, because like you said, this was the best match of the night and there were little subtleties in the match, not only with moves that they were doing, but even something like facial expressions when they did that spot where 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 Danielson got hurt on the outside, uh, his ankle and they were checking on him. They did a close up shot of Jericho in the ring looking concerned. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Here's your opponent here looking concerned. And then Jericho turns it into the. Uh, the heel Jericho that he is and goes after the injured ankle. You know what I mean? It's just, just that little shot of him looking concerned going, Oh my goodness. Is he, what happened? I hope it's not broken. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe I could take advantage here. You know what I mean? A little thing, but it meant something. And, and real quick, you know, cause we're, we're as critical as we are, let's, uh, we're, we're, let's be positive uh, to the talent. Let's be positive. AEW. good catch on the director. For and the camera, good catch on the camera guy catching Jericho, and good catch on the director taking the shot. And mm-hmm. and because Jericho could have done it, but if the camera and the director don't take it, it means nothing. We don't mean we never see it, but good right. call on them that they they got that. Um, mm-hmm. so so again, you know, let's give credit yeah. where we were as, as often as we give uh critique. Isa, right. your reaction to this main event? 
I love this main event. I love this match. I love that the crowd was hot for it because at all out they put on a banger and the crowd was kind of dead. They were probably exhausted. It was a long show and they fell later on in the card. Um, I just, I really enjoyed the selling of Moxley and that, I'm sorry, of Brian in the leg. I really thought for a second he was legitimately injured and I bought, I bought all of it. Uh, Jericho continues to impress me, continues to just be so good at what he does. I'm I'm very excited for what the finals are going to be. Kind of thought this is what we were going to go with, but I didn't know that we'll go through all the way with it. Exactly because of what you mentioned, Justin, it makes it interesting. Babyface against babyface, like they're in the same faction. And for that reason alone, I was like, oh my God, it's Sammy winning. Moxley was supposed to take time off. It's Jericho winning. Uh, I'm, I'm very, the one match that I'm looking forward to at Grand Slam is definitely this match and it's just because of these two competitors they're just gonna go and just wrestle each other and it's gonna it's gonna be fun i well, feel bad for william regal though like he's gonna be going through it well baby versus baby and the, each baby's from the same faction boy doesn't that spell a certain recipe for mjf and faction to come in and and, and, and you know, baby versus baby mjf and faction can come in and burn the place down and then the and then, and then the baby and baby that are in the same stable can fight you know right moxley's got something to prove when william regal joined them william regal went on and on and on about how good brian is and then he said yeah and i know moxley a long time like it's time that moxley earns that regal respect for once <laughs> go jimmy, moxley. jimmy who, who, right now and i and i mean this both from a consumer standpoint of you know year over year viewership is down mm -hmm. um not a ton but it's down yeah. and, and it's and for a new company you want to be gaining it's mm -hmm. down we know the story of from again from a tv standpoint you'd have a, a lot of big names that you don't have on tv right now we don't know how for, for we don't know for how long mm -hmm. and then internally to the company you mm -hmm. need leadership right now you need stability you need to get things on the right course mm -hmm. moxley and brian both seem like they are you know, they again. They both are former WWE World Champions, and I and and to the AEW diehards to get pissed at me saying that it's relevant because you're talking about guys who have been World Champions on a show and a company that has more viewers, so it's relevant. You have guys that have TV credibility. They also seem to have the respect of the locker room. They both go about the locker room in two different ways. In your mind, factoring in all those things, consumer and internal, if you're the Booker, who do you have walk out as World Champion next week? That's a very interesting question. Yes, uh, you know, if it's me, and I know I'm going to get a lot of heat for this, because, but I, I, I pick Brian Danielson because to me, he is the better known. He is the not only amongst the the I, I, are there casual fans anymore, but those who do watch both shows. Let's put it this way: they they seem to be bigger uh, Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan slash Daniel Bryan fans than they are John Moxley fans. And, you know, he is, like you said, a locker room leader. People respect him, and he does it in a quiet fashion. He's not as, uh, he's not, you know. Go ahead. He said, all, looks like... With all due respect, Jimmy. Yeah. No. No, no. <laughs> you can no, disagree. No, no. Brian, Brian has been losing all of his matches. All of them. Go back and look at his record. Brian has lost all of his big matches on pay-per-view. He just lost to Jericho at all out. It doesn't make any sense. And my theory is that this person is going to be champ for another week or two, and MJF is going to take him from them. Maybe even the night off. Is that how you want to crown Brian's first title reign? 
No, if this is going to be a transitional champion for MJF, give it to Mox. He's already been there. He's already done that. And then give him his time off. He disappears from TV and Brian can chase. That's the ultimate baby face against oh. heel right there while okay. Moxley takes his vacation. Moxley. That's God, I, I, yeah, fair. And I know, I mean, I mean, there's a lot of logic in what Issa just suggested there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get Moxley in this main event to draw for Arthur Ashe, but then you can get him out of it so he can go have his vacation and time off. Mm-hmm. Um, and God, I mean, I, I, it goes against what Jimmy wants, but imagine if you do it, you know, Brian's highlight of his career was the chase, right. And, right. and you know, in a different company, of course, but, the, but the underdog chase, imagine the promos that, you know, MJF will have to mention the other guys, but imagine the promos that MJF could cut. Oh, I can't wait a, to hear the cha- Bellas, the John Laurinaitis, John Cena oh, references. Oh, oh my God. Oh. Let's go. We, we should, <laughs> if, 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 all right, here, I'm going to say this because I will not be on next Wednesday. I will not be on next Wednesday with you guys. But after wow. that, if if that if that ends up taking place, if so, if we're go, if the fallout to Arthur Ashe is that, if it's MJF who's a champion and Brian is chasing, mm-hmm. we the three of us on the air live will we'll need to create a bingo card of what yes. MJF will say in promos <laughs> oh leading up God. to Full Gear. <laughs> we already know there's Laurinaitis, mm-hmm. there's Brie Bella, there's John Cena. Mm-hmm. Vince McMahon, Yeslemania, or Yes mm-hmm. Chan. We will have to create a bingo card collectively together, and we will do that. Oh, he's going to talk okay. about the Wyatt family, too. He will bring it up. Oh, yeah. Wow, be, <laughs> that, that might be a deep pool. That'd be a pretty deep pool. That's right. a, that's a, that's I know, a, but with Bray Wyatt's name still being a hot name out there that nobody knows what he's doing, it will be a nice way right. to squeeze him all in right. there with his WWE references. If this is what goes down in that form, we will create the bingo card on this podcast Mm-hmm. For what is going to be in the MJF promos leading up to their, we presume full gear title match. Okay, sounds I good like to me. That. I like, I like that. that. I love All it. All right, <laughs> Dylan says uh, if Brian versus Mox goes under ten minutes, MJF cash in. Yeah, I mean timing is a thing. They yeah. have a hard, they have a hard out of ten, so you can learn a lot by when they start a match. Yeah, exactly. And 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 that's another thing they need to work on. I think at times where they have to uh, stick to their times. So when the producer is talking to the referee in the area, when they say go home, go home. Go home. Don't be me, don't be like me at WrestleMania four before we had the earpieces in. All right. So let's end on a story. So that was AEW Dynamite. It was what it was. We we talked about it. It was not the most exciting episode. It was not the most satisfying, but it is where they are at right now, as they of course are just calling audible after audible after audible. Uh we've we've dissected a lot. We go back and revisit. Right. I love to always pick Jimmy's brain with stories. Jimmy, you've told the story about the about the, the early mania there at Trump Plaza, no IFBs in the ear. Can you give me one that you're willing to tell without burning bridges of having the IFB, gorillas telling you, get these guys out the effing ring and they're not listening? Do you have a fun one there? The, the, uh, house shows, not really, because house shows are kind of more lax. It's TV, yeah. the, the, the times are hard. No, uh, um, it wasn't really, you know, ring the bell and get them out of there because of a hard time. It was that infamous uh, APA versus public enemy match. Save their lives. Well, basically what happened was I, I had in my head what was supposed to happen in that match. So I head down to the ring because the referee's the first one down to the ring. Public enemy comes down first and they do their entrance and the whole bit and Next thing you know, here comes uh, Ron and John, APA, and they look, they, they don't look APA mad. They look Ron and John mad. 
Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't know what happened. They look, they look bar fight mad. Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. Which I found out later. What happened was they were supposed to go over by putting a public enemy through a table. Mm-hmm. Uh, public enemy, just as they hit the music and they were walking out, apparently turned to them and said, oh, by the way, we're not doing the finish. And then walked out for their entrance. So, and, so, 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 proverbially, public yeah. enemy just, just, just pissed in their Jack Daniels shot. Pretty much. And Ron said, what did he say? And apparently John said, they ain't doing the finish. And then Ron said, oh, they ain't doing the finish. So they come down to the ring. Here comes Ron and John. And they just start beating the piss out of these guys. Like, I mean, like pounding the, you know. So I instinctively ring the bell to start the match, you know. And and I'm waiting for the match to start. And I'm wondering, what the heck is going on here? None of this was, you know, like. And then after a couple of minutes of this just mugging, absolute mugging, here comes uh, Gerald Briscoe on my earpiece and say, Jimmy, you may want to ring the bell and throw this match out anytime now. <laughs> so I just, all right, ding, 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 ring the bell. And then, you know. Uh, so you, so you, yeah, I mean, I actually, I, feel, I, I was, I didn't live in Pittsburgh at the time. I think that match actually was in Pittsburgh though. Um, yeah. Um, so you go through the curtain. Do you remember anything yeah. about that? Like, do you remember Ron and John? Like you said, Briscoe's in your ear. Like, yeah. does Vince say anything? Like, nope. it was like, just like, it was just like, damn, it, pal, way to let the murder go on out there. Way to let the assault happen. Nope. Uh, you know, everybody went back to Gorilla and they were, as, as Ron and John went back to Gorilla, they were waiting for Public Enemy to come back and, and everybody was expecting to see maybe an altercation. And what it, the craziest thing ever, the Public Enemy walks back, just like a, it was a regular match, walks by, shakes their hands, thanks for the match, guys, and they walk out, and we never see Public Enemy. Again. That was the last match, right? That was it. And then they went to WCW, right? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, boy. Uh, Super Chat here. Dylan says, if Brian wins, MJF makes Connor the Crusher. Ouch. Oh. You know, it's uh, you know that that's one. Um, I'd have to I'd have to figure out where my line is. Uh, having known yeah. Connor and his family, and 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 even helped in the process getting Connor introduced to Brian years back, I'm not. That's not a two two. That's a that's a moment I'm legit proud of for many sentiment reasons. I'd have a little bit of a line with that one. That's yeah. You know that that's a that's a deep pool, and we're talking about the yeah. deceased children, right? Yeah, so, no, I don't. No, I don't think not a good place. We, play, not we a don't good need. To, we don't need to go there. I don't think no. that's someone. No. I think. I think the Bella St. John Cena and, and Laurinaitis is good enough for. Oh, like there's material fair. there for a three week yeah. build. <laughs> that's that's yeah. fair. Long. That's that's fair. Low hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. Bella's John Cena. John. I mean, John, John yeah. Laurinaitis is a little tricky because, like, I don't. I'm. I'm just speaking candidly here. For those mm-hmm. who don't know, you know, Brian Danielson is married to Brie Bella. Brie Bella's mother. Uh, is what uh, was married to John Laurinaitis. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what the dynamic is after all the drama that's come out. So mm-hmm. that would be a little spicy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, it's mentioning Cena. Mentioning it will be Brady. very spicy. Yeah. I want to see it. I want to see. I'm here for the messiness. Mm-hmm. Issa wants the spice. I'm waiting for I that A and E documentary. That's for sure. Right. <laughs> all right. Uh, we are. Oh, we're an hour twenty in. Uh, you you okay. got your money's worth. It's been yeah. fun. It's been good. Again, if you're listening or doing this on the delay, tweet all of us. Tell us where in the world you are, how you're listening. I always try to retweet. I always try to factor it in. It's all good. Uh, Isa, give us the uh, give us the hard plug. What's going on with you? 
NYCD Mediva on YouTube. You guys can also find me here on Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Also, Lucha Libre Online. So go give me a follow. Follow my Instagram, too, if you like. Follow, follow, follow. Jimmy? Yeah, you can find me here on Mondays and Wednesdays. And, of course, uh, during the week, you can get my ref and rants on all my social media platforms. And sometimes the Canadian heat magnet shows up. Kind of like tonight, I'll probably get some heat for some of this uh critiquing we did of AEW from the diehards. We, but hey, we always get heat. That's that's yeah. a part of the job. Yeah, I guess so. It's cool. <laughs> as long as it's in fun and and you you know you know you're doing getting your heat good when sometimes uh the talent reply to you. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> the, ref, the ref and rant, the uh the most controversial cup of coffee in the business. All right. I'm at Justin Lavar. Friday mornings, I'm back, 10.30 every single morning, Sirius XM Radio Channel 156. You don't want to miss it every Friday morning. After that, I'll be back live in living color after Monday Night Raw with Jimmy and Jack. It's always Triple fun. J. Triple J, Triple J, Triple J. It trumps Triple H. All right, like, comment, share, do all the things, do all the things. Thanks to her, thanks to him, thanks to all of you guys. We'll be back. Uh, I won't be here next Wednesday, but these two probably will. Lock on in the wrestling world, wrestling 24-7, all your updates. Be good, be smart, be kind to everybody. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.